When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Trevor May, pitcher for the Minnesota Twins, and you're listening to the Twins and Losses Super Show on the 4D Podcast Network. to the Twins and Losses Super Show, part of the 4D Podcast Network. As always, I'm Panda Pete, joined by Dan McCarthy. Dan, it's been about a month since we did our last show, and since that time, the Twins have absolutely shit the bed. Yes, they have. It's been, um, I don't even know how to be positive about it, actually, to be honest with you. I mean, kind of what we expected, just given how the season's gone. I think we're recording on Friday night, so I think they've gone 3 of 15, which is not ideal. That was kind of coming off a bit of a hot streak that they were on. They were floating around 500 at one point, but that's looking like an absolute pipe dream by now. So we don't really have a whole lot of positive things to talk about, so we're just going to get it kicked off right away with Byron Buxton, who is not going to be called up this season. His season will end at AAA, or it did end with AAA, and the team is kind of not really telling us anything that we want to hear in, in terms of being a fan it sounded like it had been told to him that he wasn't going to be called up by the AAA manager. Paul Molitor had yet to reach out to him, and then Derek Falvey and Thad Levine had also yet to reach out to him. Uh, Mike Berardino from the Pioneer Press put together a great piece uh, in which Levine and Falvey both said that they were going to try to make it up to Byron Buxton, but they didn't get into specifics of what that would actually be which led a lot of the bloggers and other writers and fans to kind of speculate that it might possibly be a little bit heftier contract extension. It sounds like he's due to make around $2 million when he becomes arbitration eligible. And to me, it seems like you're playing a really dangerous game. Now, I want to preface all of this by saying he did not have a great season at AAA, nor did he have a great season in the Major League roster. Let's first get that out of the way. However, if he's battling this wrist injury and all of the other injuries that they say that he's had throughout the season... I feel like there's a better way to drop that news because, again, it's not necessarily about the money. It's not necessarily about the playing time. It's about respect. Respect of the player, respect of the person. And it feels like at this point the Twins have not done a great job uh, in terms of maybe keeping some of the former Terry Ryan guys happy. And it's led a lot of fans to wonder if they factor into the future 
or if the front office is just trying to be very fiscally savvy going forward, but they're maybe not doing it with the same tact that a lot of fans and, and other players would like them to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you have Thad Levine coming out and literally saying we wouldn't be doing our jobs if we weren't at least aware of service time impacts on decisions we make, like – I feel like that's always been more of like an unspoken side of baseball, but to come out and say that, I mean, aren't you just kind of inviting like a grievance to be filed by the Players Association at that point? You would have to think so, and Kyle Gibson is actually one of the players' representatives as well, so he's had a little bit of an inside track to all of this too. Uh, it's become a sore subject in the cl uh, clubhouse, according to Mike Berardino, and overall it just doesn't seem like it's a great way to treat one of your potential cornerstone pieces. And again, Byron Buxton has not performed well at the plate. His defense has never been in question, but his offense has definitely been in question, especially at the Major League roster. So I feel like there are just better ways to go about this, and from the news that we're getting, obviously we don't know everything that's going on. We're only being told what's being reported, but for somebody on the outside looking in, it just seems like a really, really bad way to handle a 24-year-old who theoretically could ask to be traded. You know, could theoretically get injured again, and this could all be a moot point. We don't know what's going to happen, but it seems like you'd want to do everything you can to keep somebody like Byron Buxton happy. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you touched on earlier. I mean, his offense has never been really his strong suit, at least in the major leagues. I mean, career batting average of 230. His career slugging in the majors is 387 right now. That is poor, to put it lightly. I, but it's, he might be just, he, I hate to say it, but. I mean, he's been in the league three, three and a half-ish years. That's all I suppose. You can't really count this year as a full year. He only played 28 games this year and 46 in 2015. But for the last handful of years, like it doesn't really seem all that much like his bat has come along. I mean, 209 in his first stint up, and then 225 in 2016, 92 games. 253, which is a step in the right direction. And I, we kind of just got teased last year in like August and September when his bat – or maybe it was just like the whole half of the or second half of the season, but his bat was on fire. But he never just seems to put everything together at once. Obviously, he would be worth plenty just for the defense alone. But I mean, you'd like to see him be able to contribute on both sides of the ball. Without a doubt. And I think the big thing, too, is that, you know, I was one of them. I, I definitely was one of the people that wasn't a big fan of Aaron Hicks. And not to say that Aaron Hicks has turned out to be like a, an all star outfielder. But Aaron Hicks has definitely grown up and he's matured and he's become a much better baseball player. And I think that if you're the Minnesota Twins, you'd rather have Aaron Hicks in the outfield as opposed to a Jake Cave, who has been a pleasant surprise this season. Um, you know, offensively, he's been better than what we'd kind of thought that he was going to be. Defensively, he's probably a fourth bat off the bench in a lot of other major league you know outfields. But Jake Cave has done very well. Aaron Hicks has done very well for, for himself. Uh, Brandon Warren with zone coverage actually brought up Aaron Hicks as a good comparison for Byron Buxton. I don't know that we're going to see a Byron Buxton that hits like 330, 500, and gets on base, you know, at like a 500 OBP. But if Byron Buxton can be like a 270 to 290 player, slug around 450, get on base, you know, 45% of the time, those are very Tory Hunter-esque numbers, and that's not anything that you raise your nose at. No, not at all. I mean, better defensively than Torrey Hunter, which I think is saying quite a bit. I mean, all of us have loved Torrey Hunter in the time that he spent here, and we saw the incredible magical things he can do. But, yeah, I, I, we're just waiting for his bat to come along. But I feel with that, 
Do you think part of it comes with the reckless abandon he plays with in the outfield, and that can, or if that contributes to part of the in the seemingly endless string of injuries that he seems to find himself coming up with? I mean, it was something that people talked about last season because he kind of ran into the wall a couple times, and some of those were pretty ugly. So I think it would be in the Twins' best interest going forward in terms of kind of taking that chaos that he he is in the outfield and just molding it into something a little bit more mature. And whether that means working with a guy like Torrey Hunter or working with the coaches or whoever it might be, you just need to, to rein him in enough that he can stay healthy and productive throughout a season because I want to see Byron Buxton succeed. I want to see him become kind of like that next Joe Maurer player where not a hometown boy, but somebody who spends a good chunk of his career with the Minnesota Twins and puts up some really solid numbers behind it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's already got one gold glove to his name, so we know that that part of the game is fantastic. I mean, he's only 24, so it's not like we ran out of time and like we're already calling it a bust, but I feel like the... I don't know. The deadline for him to start being called a bust is approaching a lot faster than anyone would want to admit. I mean, it's obviously subjective. A lot of people have already started calling for it. I wouldn't call him a bust until we see another two to three years of this, but I am also a huge Twins Bobo, so I will give them as much time as I feel like they deserve. Think about this, too. He's played 306 games since his call-up in 2015. In that same amount of time, Eddie Rosario has played 495 games. Jeez. Eddie Rosario has basically played a whole season more than Byron Buxton at this point, and they were both called up right around the same time. And I'll look for the third baseman to see what his numbers are. Three eighty. So, so he is only—he's only a half a season ahead, and he's come around, but his season numbers are still very ugly. Oh, 202 this year, batting average. He's hitting 202. He's got an OBP of 285. His slugging is down almost or over 100 points from last season, down to 405. And his OPS has dropped from 859 last season to 689 this season. And it's the first season he does not have an OPS plus of over 100, just at 85 points right now. So he has not had a great season. And again, if he goes and succeeds somewhere else, good for him. If he flames out in the Twins organization, good for him. Because, again, I think he's a pile of shit. <laughs> is he, like, do you have any idea about the severity of the injury? I know that he took, what was it, a liner, I think, off his leg in uh, that Houston series. Yeah, whatever it was. It was a, I believe they called it a deep bruise or a contusion. Uh, but it, the the thing that they were worried about was that it was in the same leg that he had that titanium rod implanted in from his injury oh. last season. Yeah, that makes things a little bit more complicated. Um, they said that the x-rays came back negative on him, but it sounds like he is going to miss some time. So, oh, boo-hoo. I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. Um, I know. So, for me, and, and that's part of it, too, is that you see Eddie Rosario, who's been phenomenal this season. He's been in a bit of a slump. He missed a couple games this, the, over the last week or so. Um, I didn't really pay attention to a whole lot of things because I was in Chicago and my God, I, I will tell you this story, Dan, uh, when yes, we're done please. with the twin stuff, because you will absolutely love this story. Um, yeah, we'll have to commiserate about your time in Chicago, because I want to hear all about it. Yeah, we'll talk about that to end the show. So okay. my whole theory in all of this, too, is that the Minnesota Twins feel that the third baseman is a little bit more ready, a little bit more prepared uh, to take on some of the rigors of, of a Major League Baseball season. And, you know, with his massive demotion earlier this season and his seemingly, you know, quote-unquote, better attitude, better health that he came back up with, 
it almost feels like going back to what you said about the unwritten rule that the Minnesota Twins want Byron Buxton around longer than they necessarily want the third baseman around for as long, which is why you maybe didn't have him uh, stay down in, in you know single A longer or move him up to double A or triple A to get him a little bit more seasoning. And I think with the trades of Eddie Escobar and Brian Dozier, they kind of didn't want to stretch their bench thin or possibly burn some of the service time on Nick Gordon, which is why you saw the third baseman return. And that's why we haven't seen Nick Gordon. It's why we haven't necessarily seen Byron Buxton because they're maybe looking ahead to the future and they want to keep those pieces around longer, and they feel that they can cut a better deal with the third baseman because of the off-the-field issues, because of his weight issues, that maybe he's not as high a prospect or, or as high a priority on some other team's lists, and they might be able to get a better deal to go, well, yeah, you can go out and test free agency if you want, but this is what our offer is, and if you don't find a better one, we're willing to extend it to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the untapped potential that I feel like he has it it would hurt a little bit to leave and especially if it turns into like another Ortiz thing like we'll never hear the end of it just like we will never ever hear the end of the Ortiz stuff but I feel like those are two totally different players exactly it's not the same like there are maybe small like things that are linear in those stories but overall not the same at all Uh, would it suck to see him leave and then go succeed somewhere else yes but I don't know, man. They, the stories surrounding him and like just from what we know, and Lord knows what goes on behind closed doors. I don't know if it's worth it. I mean, I don't know. Like it's it's a tough situation. I know the I obviously know how you feel about it. Um, I would like to give him like one more shot just to see what he can do on a full season because I don't think we've really seen. I mean, we've have seen a full. One sixteen is the best that we've seen him play for a year. So that's not even. That's what two third, three quarters of a season. Yeah, two thirds somewhere around there. If he can put together like a, I don't know, even like give me a a full year sample of like one forty, one forty five, and then see what he can do, and then just kind of make a decision based off that. Because again, he's only twenty five. He'll be twenty six next year. So he's starting to get to there. I wouldn't mind giving him one more year, but if they traded him, I would also understand. Yeah. So that's kind of where we stand with Byron Buxton and the Twins' third base situation. Uh, So kind of looking ahead, Dan, when we look towards the future to 2019 and beyond, things are looking a little bleak at this point. Uh, We haven't necessarily (laughs) seen the progress and the growth from some of the younger players that we've had. Obviously, Eddie Rosario has been an absolute treat. Max Kepler has been rather disappointing again this season. Um, overall, his stats through however many games have he's hitting 226, OBP of 318, he's slugging 416, and he's an OPS of 734. So that's not been great. And then on the flip side, you've got Jake Cave, who's hitting 261. Uh, his OBP is 310, his slugging is 487, and his OPS is 798. So really. Slugging and batting average have kind of been the Jake Cave specialty, but getting on base, he's actually eight points or you know point zero zero eight lower than Max Kepler, and the OPS is about forty five points different. So not an awful lot in terms of what they offer, but at the same time, uh, that's not necessarily the two guys you want in the outfield along with Eddie Rosario. You'd love Max Kepler to really step it up this offseason, figure out what's wrong, come back in spring training and really hit it off next year. Uh, Again, two seasons ago, I think he was our pick for Rookie of the Year, and he had a very, 
very disappointing contest back in 2000. Uh, was that 17? I think last year was the year that we yeah. championed him in their preseason ring or preseason like. I don't know. I think we may even like said he was the comeback player of the year this year too, and that has not looked yeah. good either. So I'm not betting he's on Max been, Kepler in the uh, future. He's been so streaky too. He's gotten a little bit better against lefties, and I feel like that was the big knock on him. So that's it's a step in the right direction. I just don't feel like it's as big a step as we expected him to take. Like we're not knocking on it. We think he will be a good player. He's also another young one, but bigger steps need to be taken. Yeah. So I mean, when you look at this roster. Uh, Logan Forsyth has been incredible since he showed up for the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> what the hell? I, I don't know what it is, and I don't really care <laughs> at this point. But Logan Forsyth no. has been very good. Jorge Polanco has also been very good since he came back from his suspension uh, earlier this season. So the middle infield situation has kind of sorted itself out. I would love to have Eddie Rosario back or Eddie Escobar back in the lineup. Brian Dozier oh. just had a brutal season across the board, whether it's Minnesota or Los Angeles, so I'm not so high on him. I'm actually glad that the Twins were able to get something in return, again, it being Logan Forsyth, but you look at what Forsyth has done since he's been with the Twins, and you look at what Dozier's done since he's been with the Twins, I'm not necessarily going to sit down and go, man, we really we really need to bring Brian Dozier back in the outfield. It, it might be time to move on from Brian Dozier, and I will definitely be okay with it. Yeah, I... Do you, like, if you want to take a quick second to pull up Dozier's stats, because I honestly have pretty much lost all contact with what he's been doing since he moved over there. But oh, well, baseballreference.com tells me that he's hitting 196. He has an Ouch. OBP of 311. He's slugging 357, and he currently has an OPS of 668 through 31 games with the Dodgers. Oh, and he got moved down to, like, eighth or ninth in their lineup the other day, <sighs> and I don't think he's come back from that. Ow. Yeah, so, I did. That's because from like I remember when he first moved over there, everyone's like, "Oh, second half Dozier," and I think he had like a little spark of this normal what we, what we, what we would consider. I a think he hit two home Dozier. runs in his first two or three games, and then yeah. after that, he just kind of fell off the map. Okay, so yeah, that's all right. But yeah, Forsyth has been a very, very pleasant surprise to say the least. And and uh, Tyler Austin too. Tyler sure Austin's been very nice. Well. I mean, especially yeah. since Logan Morrison is lost for the season, he basically had a lost season as well. And if the oh, rumors yeah. of this leg injury or whatever was, or was it a hip or leg thing? Uh, I want to say hip. Okay. And if the rumors of that are true, I'm willing to see what he could do again if he can come back healthy. But I'm also not going to be mad if he cuts bait and turns into the Kendry Morales. You know, it, it is what it is. 186, 276, 368, and a 644 OPS are not good in any stretch no, of the imagination. Yeah, uh, hip impingement. Okay, yeah, so left hip. Um, Surgery to remedy the injury will miss remainder of the season, and that was as of four days ago. Yeah, so, I mean, Tyler Austin's been great, hitting 243. He's got an OBP of 308. He's slugging 557. He has an OPS of 865, and that's through uh, 20 games. So I'm not going to complain with Tyler Austin maybe as – the guy that splits first base with Joe Maurer, depending on what happens with Maurer's contract in the offseason, uh, if he maybe does become the everyday starting first baseman, the Twins don't necessarily have one of them ready to go at this point, but Logan Morrison might be that guy. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Brent Rooker up on the Major League roster next season, at least not to start the season, unless he has just an amazing spring, in which case I would love to see him with the Minnesota <laughs> Twins to start the season. Because uh, what that would be... Two and a half seasons with the Twins organization? 
I, that sounds right. I mean, we can check real quick. Because Ricker was drafted, really. was it the year before we took uh, Royce Lewis? I want to say so, yeah. That or the year of, I will check real quick if I'm, you want to keep talking. Yeah. So, kind of looking at this roster right now, as much as some fans don't necessarily want to offer Joe Maurer a contract because they're stupid and they don't respect greatness, <laughs> I also don't necessarily want to start the season with Tyler Austin and Brent Rooker as kind of the two guys, or even Logan Morrison. And again, we talked about this earlier this season, even when Maurer was still hitting, I think, 290, that if the Minnesota Twins offered him a two-year extension with a third-year option on there, I think that would be more than enough for Joe Maurer you know, offer him $35, $40 million, something like that over the three years, or maybe front load the first two years, make the option you're kind of the cheap one, and again, reward him for what he's done for the Minnesota Twins. That, to me, would feel a lot safer than Tyler Austin and Brent Rooker or trying to bring back Logan Morrison on a bargain deal. Yeah, I feel like Logan, or what Tyler Austin has been for those, what did you say, 21, 20 games? 20 games. Is, yeah, is what, we've had, what we expected from Logan Morrison the whole time. Because he's already hit, I th- he's got to be close to double digits for home runs for with us. Uh, Probably pretty close. Okay, let's answer this in order. Brent Rooker was drafted yep. in 2017, 17. 17, 35th overall in the amateur draft. Uh, he's 23, he'll be 24, so in, what, 50 days. So he'd be 24. And his first name is Terry. Terry Brent Rooker. Interesting. Hmm. From Hermantown, Tennessee. Uh, to answer your other question, Tyler Austin has hit seven home runs in 20 games, so not too bad. Okay, I, th- I think he's got, what, 15 or so in the season, but I think one of those was a multi-homer. But I think he's also had a multi-homer game with us as well. Which, good for him. I'm not going to complain yeah. about that one bit. Uh, on the season, oh. he's hit uh, 15. Yeah, okay. And then, yeah, because I think he's kind of like one another one of those three outcome hitters where it's going to be a stri- pretty much a strikeout or a home run and maybe a walk every once in a while. Still getting on base uh, at a 308 clip. Yeah, so not awful, nice. but uh, better than some of the other players on this team. Yeah, 28 strikeouts, 17 hits, uh, 26 to 7. Yeah, kind of what I would expect from him. But, I mean... He's never played more than 54 games in a season. Oh, never mind. I lied. 90 games in 2016. So he's gotten, or no, I'm looking at plate appearances like an idiot. 54 <laughs> games. Yay, right. stats. And we yeah. actually prepped this week, too, which is the bad thing. Uh, he is 26 I'm, I'm years old. I'm you over the phone. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, he is 26 years old, so he's not old, but he's not necessarily young at this point in his career. So I don't expect him to hit this massive growth spurt and become this fantastic player. But again, if he's a bench bat, if he can become you know, a designated hitter that's hitting around 260, 270, OBP of around 330 or so, you know, slugging 450, 475, I'm not going to complain about that from a 26-year-old, 27-year-old in next season. No, not at all. I mean... And as much as I hate to say this, like, are with some of the guys that we have coming up, are we starting to look at another, like, let's all wait for, I don't know, let's guess 2022 with, with like, the likes of Royce Lewis and Alex Kirilov coming up? Because I really, the way that it's going with Sano and Bucks, and ugh, I feel like a lot of people have already given up on them, and I really don't hope, or I really hope that's not the case. 
Well, I've given up on one of them because of reasons, yeah. and I, I believe the other one can still factor and be a long-term player. I mean, you look at the fact that Jorge Polanco was suspended for 80 games this season. Irvin Santana yep. pitched in like eight games all season long, and that's not great. Um, yeah, we should touch on that right after this. I mean, you've got. I mean, let's just move on to it now. I mean, you've got okay. pitching has not been ideal, and then at the same time, too, you've got guys like Tyler Duffy and what's his face, who was also angry uh, about not sticking with the team long term. I can't remember Boosnitz. his name. Yeah, uh, Alan Buznitz. So you've got players like that that are still down at AAA and having fantastic seasons down there. Haven't necessarily given a long run here. Um, I'm actually happy that they've kept Trevor May up for as long as they have. Obviously, they can't send him down now. Um, but he was brilliant coming out of the bullpen. The opener experiment didn't necessarily go so well for him. But Ooh. he's been very, very good for the Twins this season. So I'm happy to see that. So if you factor in that Brian Dozier had a very down year, that the Twins' third baseman has not done anything worthwhile for the Twins this season, and then just the fact, too, Mitch Garver has not progressed the way that I think a lot of people would have liked him to, uh, kind of got stashed behind Jason Castro, who was lost for the season. We don't know uh, what's happening with him, if he'll be coming back at all next year. Bobby Wilson was then traded to, was it the Astros, for Chris Jimenez, uh, who got yep. absolutely lit up. Uh, in his uh, was that against Texas too? <laughs> uh, it was either Texas or I think it was against Houston. Yeah, because uh, Chris Jimenez right now has a forty-five point zero zero ERA on the season. Oh wait, no, sorry, Jimenez came from the Cubs, didn't he? Because he was uh, Darvish's or supposed to be Darvish's catcher. But I think but... he got sent because D- Wilson went to the Astros, didn't he? I'm checking right now. I'm ninety-nine percent uh, sure that he d- went to the Astros. I trust you over me. Uh, yeah. Uh, I- yeah, Jimenez has Cubs and Twins so far this year, but that doesn't mean that he couldn't have been sent there in like some three-team deal. I don't know, Chris Jimenez. Uh, Willens Astudio or Williams Astudio has a forty-five point zero zero ERA as well. <laughs> but I love him. Yeah, position players hitting or pitching. I love him so much. I do too. The stud. See, his nickname should just be the stud. It's literally in his last name. No, I guess it was the Cubs. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyways, um, pitching has not been great. Uh, Jose Barrios has been average. (sighs) Really good and then not so good. You know, and I get that people are believing in him. They want him to do great and everything, too. Kyle Gibson has the best ERA in the starting pitching staff. If pressed, I would say that Kyle Gibson is the best pitcher we have on the staff at this moment. I mean, nah. he's got a FIP of 410. Barrios has a 4.05. Gibson's whip is 1.292. Barrios is 1.151. Uh, hits per nine is eight versus 7.7. Home runs through nine is actually in favor of Gibson at 1.1 versus 1.3. Walks through nine is obviously Gibson with 3.6 versus 2.6. Strikeouts per nine, 8.3, which is very nice to see out of Gibson, uh, versus Barrios at 9.2. And then strikeout to walk ratio is 2.29 versus 3.49. So, yes, statistically there are factors that Jose Barrios is a better pitcher, but in terms of what we've gotten out of Kyle Gibson this season, he's officially overtaken him in innings pitched as well. 
Mm-hmm. I really like what Gibson's done this year, and I'm not going to be mad about it. No, and uh, this is what we ex- – I mean, like we've touched on earlier in the year. This, it sucks that it came along this late, but it's nice to see that it's coming along. I'm actually kind of surprised he wasn't traded at some point during the uh, trade deadline. But I, yeah, because the trade deadline's done now, so. Yeah. So I was reassuring myself. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Again, I have – casually been paying attention to what's been happening with the twins basically since the trade deadline uh, I've been busy you've been busy and I just haven't really had the time to sit down and figure you know just look through the stats see what's going on with the team but god it has not been anything that I've been like man the twins just won seven out of their last 10 I, I need to see what they're doing no they're three of 15 in their last 15 so that's not good no uh just quick side note, Tyler Duffy is actually up with the Twins at this moment. Yeah, he was recalled with the September call-ups, but then there were a lot of people yep. that were questioning some of the players that didn't get called up as well, Byron Buxton, yep. um, and a couple other ones too, I think. So, Actually, the big one that didn't get called up that I think the Players Association might get involved with was Vlagaro Jr., which is incredibly surprising. Yeah, I don't know what's going on over there because that's a totally different – thing team yeah it is organization but i mean like a, a kid of that talent and he doesn't get called up that's just kind of head scratching but i feel like toronto's always made head scratching moves i mean honestly okay so if i'm toronto it's the same situation with byron buxton am i really going to call up vlad guerrero jr in a lost season i mean they're awful this year the twins are bad this year why yep. would you waste any service time on a on a kid like vlad guerrero jr when you could call him up you know or he could break camp with the team next spring training and be completely yep. fine and healthy and not have anything, you know, go wrong in, you know, that very specific scenario. But again, if Byron Buxton is still battling a wrist injury and the Twins are winning games, I think you take that chance and you call him up to see what he can do for the team. When the Twins are not winning and they're not going to overtake Cleveland at any point in the season now, why bother? And I know it's it's not what the fans want to see. It's probably not what the players want to see either because it's not like they just want to be a piss-poor team that just is getting blown out by bad teams now. You do, though, want to see them look towards the future, and unfortunately, it's all in how you say it, not necessarily if you do it. And I think that's yeah. been the biggest issue right now in the case of Vlad Guerrero Jr. and also Byron Buxton. Yeah, that makes complete sense. I mean, like you said, it sucks for the fans, but... I would rather have them playing for the future rather than just like, hey, fine, here you go, shut up about it. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on there. Um, we talked about kind of the middle infield situation. This is it. We're, we're just going to go to fan questions now because I put this whole <laughs> thing together and I kind of don't know what we're doing. Um, so one of the questions was asked by our friend Chuck. Uh, and hi, he, Chuck. Hi, Chuck. And he wanted to know if what the middle infield would look like. So this was actually a point that I was kind of saving for this question. Would you want to see the Minnesota Twins try to reunite with Eduardo Escobar in the offseason? Absolutely. Okay. That's a, I would I am honestly expecting that and will be surprised if we don't at least make an offer to him. Dozier, I could see maybe I would give Dozier like a 30% chance to bring him back. Honestly, in my like heart of hearts, I think the Twins like I give him an 80% chance to bring Eduardo back. Okay. So Actually, that was not asked by Chuck. I just I, I fucked the question up too. 
You uh, chucked it up. Yeah, I chucked it up. Uh, that was actually Wild Twin Viking that asked that question, so apologies to you. Um, you're not Chuck. But we, so we talked about this, I want to say, like three or four episodes ago, kind of what we would think the middle infield would look like. And I think you and I had both said if there's potential to make an offer to DJ LeMayu, that we would want him to be there, especially if Brian Dozier does not come back as kind of the second baseman. Eddie Escobar would be a very nice piece to kind of fill in as a veteran presence to whether it's third base, whether it's shortstop, whether it's second base, or even just having him as the DH because he was very fine in that role as well. Um, And then again, it all comes down to what the Twins expect out of guys like Nick Gordon, Jorge Polanco, um, and then Adrianza is still around as well. Uh, And then when you kind of look at some of the other prospects that are there, uh, most of them are pitchers or outfielders, so we don't really have any room for them. Uh, I don't see Luis Ariz coming up anytime soon, uh, and he's kind of the next guy up. Royce Lewis is probably still a season, season and a half off, uh, unless he just tears through the minor league system next year. So I'd have to say if I get my pick of four, I'm going to go DJ LeMayu, I'm going to go Nick Gordon, Jorge Polanco, and Eddie Escobar and just kind of sort that out however you need to. Uh, Adrianza would be probably my fifth choice in terms of all of that, and that's kind of what I would leave it at. For me, I don't know about you if that's the same. Uh, yeah, I don't expect the Twins to be able to land a DJ LeMayhew, so I would probably just switch him out with Miguel Sano and then just piece together that, but I agree with Adrianza being the fifth. I mean, I suppose there's a chance that Logan Forsythe comes back, but looking at the rest of at least what we have in the infield up now, uh, bringing Gordon up is I was something I would agree with, but I don't see, like, Petit coming back. Uh, and like we talked about earlier, maybe a Maurer sort of Austin kind of DH slash first base slash takeover when they need to. So that's what we got for that. Uh, we'll, we'll go to Chuck's question now because I'm a dumb person. Who's going to be the Twins' best rookie next year? And I really have to think it probably comes down to either Nick Gordon or it could also be Steven Gonzalez would be my pick. Yeah, I'm checking right now to see who could make it up from, like, Rochester. I suppose I could check Chattanooga as well, but... Uh, I mean, unless Cole Stewart can kind of figure out what's not working for him right now, uh, and I don't. Didn't Stewart uh, take over for May a couple of days ago and toss like five scoreless against Houston, or was that Gonzalez? Uh, I think it was Stewart. I think, yeah, I think it was Stewart that did that. Again, Dan and I have paid very close attention to the Twins over the last few weeks. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, it's tough for me to say, especially, too, because I just kind of don't know what the front office is going to do. It's I Honestly, I think that's the biggest wild card. It's something that none of us really know because we haven't, we haven't seen them around enough to kind of, like, gauge what they're going to do because they've made some moves where both of us are just like, what the hell was that? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go Nick Gordon or Steven Gonzalez in kind of his first true year if he makes the roster next season. Yeah, I will say that, or I'm actually going to go instead of Gonzalez. I'm going to say Cole Stewart. All right, I like that. I mean, I like Cole Stewart. That's not a knock on yeah. Cole Stewart. I, I think he could be no, a very nice player. Um, Zach Littell, possibly? Question mark? True. I don't know. I mean, there's a handful of players out there. It really depends on what happens during this offseason, too. Um, but I think mm-hmm. out of Dan and I's four or five players that we named, that 
could really be any one of them uh, that kind of come out there. So our next question comes from Logan at Draft Logan on Twitter, and he wants to know what the best food at Target Field, period. Uh, I think he wanted to say what is the best food at Target Field, <laughs> question mark, Logan. Punctuation matters. Um, I mean, I love the Kramarchuk's sausages. Like, those are great, but I don't always want to pay, like, $9 for a sausage in a bun. <laughs> um and again, I just love chicken fingers, so I can't really not pick the chicken finger helmet now because that's America's gluttony at its finest, and I completely love it <laughs> and respect it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got to be one of those two. Uh, I don't necessarily go for a lot of the fancier things at Target Field. Uh, I'm very much a, a tried-and-true American when it comes to the food that I eat. But yeah, yeah, I don't know how I feel about like the fancy food. I mean, if that's your jam. Go ahead. I'm not knocking it. But to me, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm with you. I wouldn't want the fancy foods, but this might not even be the best food. But the food I get literally every time I go will always be helmet nachos yeah. every time. Helmet nachos are great, too. Uh, so basically, if it comes in a giant helmet, not the small helmets, but if it comes in a giant helmet, you're probably going to find Dan and I walking around with one of those until we can't move. Uh, so that's yeah man well because you pay like 14 bucks straight up and then you don't have to spend any money on food for the rest of the day that's what i want because i mean hot dogs are already what five six bucks a piece and at best you get a bag of chips with it yep and then sometimes you have to pay more for the chips too and again yeah and the amount that you get in helmet that. nachos or the the amount that you get in helmet chicken fingers like for the price you're paying that's a full meal that you would pay for at really anywhere else so i'm going with the helmet foods yeah absolutely 100 percent. okay uh our next question comes from ben remington uh he's friend of the show with giles and the goalies podcast part of zone coverage what's the Hello, biggest ben. position of need this winter what the what is the position of least need i would say the position of need is a starting pitcher yeah, uh, our, and I'm not uh, saying that like Risa did not go as well as planned this no. year. And I'm not saying that like Jake Odorizzi coming back is going to be that or elevating Tyler Duffy or Trevor May to the starting rotation is going to fix that. We need to go out and get an actual starting pitcher um, because Irvin Santana's contract is done after this season. His career could be done depending on what's going on with his hand. And at this point, we got everything we could expect out of Irvin Santana. Let's not Phil Hughes this. Let's not uh, Mike Pelfrey this and offer contracts after we got a really good performance out of them. We got our money's worth, so let's leave it at oh, that yeah. and let's go out and try to find somebody else. I would say we got more than our money's worth, but yeah, it's it's got to be a frontline starting pitcher. I mean, we were also the ones championing the frontline starting pitcher last year. Uh, I think we both agree that we would have been more than happy with you, Darvish, coming over, but obviously hindsight's twenty twenty on that one, and we escaped a absolute bullet but yeah I'd, I'd have to agree it's got to be that and then probably right behind it would be another bullpen piece or two i mean the ones that we got this year did okay i mean fernando been, rodney did as well as you could expect him to yeah we got the full fernando rodney experience which was an absolute joy to watch yeah um position of least need i'm probably going to say outfield and that's dependent on what happens with jake cave Robbie Grossman and Byron Buxton. Yeah, hard to argue with that one. I mean, I know that we got some more younger guys coming up that in the mid area in the middle infield, so that could be. But yeah, I think for sure, if with Kepler, Rosario, and and hopefully Buxton, like 
it's hard to beat that trio in the outfield. Yeah. Uh, this next question also comes from Ben. Why are Minnesotans the only idiots in the world that insist on cutting their pizza into squares? Now, in order to Wait, answer... is that a Minnesota thing? Apparently. I, I don't travel huh. outside of Minnesota all that often, so I'm not entirely sure. Um, what I will say is that thin crust is better as a square cut, but if it's deeper than that, if the crust is thicker than that, has to be triangle cut, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, depending on what toppings, I can see cutting a thin crust into like what would be considered normal slices, but yeah, I, I see no problem with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's what we got there. Uh, on Facebook, we've got some more questions as well. Uh, this first one comes from uh, a friend of mine who's actually out in Vegas now. He is a former pro wrestling manager, so that was a lot of fun. Um, so it's kind of a long question, but basically the gist of it is, the Twins keep getting spit out by my betting model, but they never follow through. It measures the odds of a team winning versus the odds that Vegas has provided, but the Twins seem to rarely win under these circumstances. Further explanation, if a team is more likely to win by 5% than the odds are giving them credit for, or more, I go with it, the return on investment has been good, but would be huge with the Twins. My theory is that they have a few overachieving players on an underachieving team. The model leans heavily on pitching and bullpen RA, along with OBP, etc. So that's the general gist of, of what it is. Um, and I mean, that's pretty much the case. I mean, you've got Eddie Rosario, you had Eddie uh, Escobar, and then you've had Kyle Gibson as kind of like the three standout players this season. And they've been very good while everybody else has been not very good. Uh, and some of the role mm -hmm. players, like your Jorge Polanco's, have been fine enough. Um, Tyler Austin, Jake Cave have been good, but they haven't been with the team long term, so it's really hard to judge them on a full season's worth of work considering they weren't necessarily starting on the teams that they were playing for before they came to the Twins. Um, then you got to factor in, too, just the fact that Chris Jimenez has a 45.00 ERA. Williams Astudio <laughs> has a 45.00 ERA. Um Lance Lynn was not great, really, for any stretch. Irvin Santana was not necessarily great either. Jake Odorizzi has been as advertised. Like, you can knock Jake Odorizzi as much as you want, but he's basically been, like, across his stat line, everything that you would have expected him to be this season. Uh, but yeah, then when I think he... run support's more the issue with him yeah. than his actual pitch. I mean, obviously, he's had blow-up games, but they all have. But, I mean... yeah, I would say that... For the most part, it was run support that kind of caused... If you look just at the record alone, I think that's yeah. what causes it more than his performance. I mean, Logan Morrison had an absolutely dismal season. Brian Dozier had a dismal season. Mitch Garver has had an okay season. You know, I think we could He's see a little better. more out of him. Um, Joe Maurer's done exactly what you would expect him to do, which is still very good baseball, for those of you wondering. Uh, Max Kepler's not looked great. Ari Adrianza has not necessarily looked great this season. Uh, he's had some stretches where he's he's been very very bad, so I mean that that's really kind of what it is in a nutshell. Um, I mean Ryan Presley's been okay enough. Trevor Hildenberger has not been great this season. Uh, Addison Reed has not necessarily been great this season either. Uh, probably my favorite guys coming out of the bullpen are Taylor Rogers, Matt McGill, and and Trevor May at this point. Yeah, and congratulations to Matt McGill for having. A, I think it's his first kid. Uh, congratulations to Alan Buznitz for giving up a three-run bomb to Salvi Perez. Oh, just now? Yep. Fun! Yeah, fun. That's a great Let's F lose to, lose to all the bad teams. That, that's a great F word to say, Dan, because the other one is not necessarily so good. Uh, so that was that one. Uh, there, I think there was another one. Uh, Maddie Atlantic asked a dumb question. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna skip right over it. Yep. Uh, so uh, Stubby asked us. Uh, that's Jake Stubby ooh. J Beaver. Uh, he said, "This question is for Dan, but Panda, feel free to chime in." When the football oh, club moves into their toilet bowl of a stadium, will Dan get 15 seconds of soccer instead of just 10? I will get 17 seconds. I will allow Dan up to 30 seconds of soccer until this team actually starts winning, in which case I will give him more time if they start winning. But that also means more work for you, which isn't that much work because I know what you did and how you did it, and it's not that hard. <laughs> However, that, that's what the case will be. So that's what we're going to go with there. Uh, well, and I also try and keep it short and sweet because, like I think we've all agreed, 99% of our listeners don't give a shit. Nope, they really don't. So we'll uh, we'll we'll stick we'll stick with 10 for right now, and if yep. they start winning, we'll bump up to 30 seconds. I think that's Which a they've fair. Gotten better. Yeah, well, they've gotten better this year. I think that's a fair com- compromise. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I'm okay with that. Um, Plus, do we really want to make Teddy redo that brilliant promo anyway? I mean, I don't know. It might be worthwhile. We'll find out when we get to that point. Uh, so that's all we got for fan questions. Uh, one sad no I actually am sad about this. I'm not often sad about the Chicago White Sox being a terrible baseball team in a terrible town with a terrible stadium and terrible fans. Michael Kopech has a torn UCL. Now his <sighs> targeted return is spring training of 2020. No. For a franchise that was looking to build around him, and I can't remember the, uh, their other big-name prospect, uh, that's absolutely devastating to them long-term. And you hope that a kid God. like Kopech can come back from that. Uh, I would like to see him come back from that, but his velocity in his four games since his debut has just dropped significantly. They diagnosed what the issue is, so I'm actually surprised that he kept pitching through that, that nobody noticed it beforehand. Um, yeah. He's a flamethrower. It's pretty easy to notice. Yeah, so... Hoping that he can come back healthy and be a very nice trade piece for the White Sox while the rest of the team sucks around him. Um, but that's a, an absolute bummer for a team that was really looking forward to what he could do. Yeah, he was, he was fun to watch. I think the other kid that you're thinking of, I don't remember his name either, but I think he's another really highly touted uh, pitching prospect. I believe he is. So that's what we're going with here uh, for the show. Uh, I have a story to tell you now. So I went to Schaumburg, which I think is like 30 or 40 minutes out of Chicago. It's just easier to say Chicago for people because, oh, Chicago, cool. Um, went there for StarCast and All In, which was this really great wrestling event. Uh, they had like some convention type stuff beforehand. Got an opportunity to meet and interview a lot of different pro wrestlers there. Uh, had a great time. Uh, I'm actually still like just burnt out from all of that just because being around that many people and having like a smiling face on and being personable for that many days in a row just completely burnt me out. So uh, we'll leave it at that. We get to our hotel, Dan, and we get there at about 1.30 in the afternoon, 2 o'clock, and we check in. They were nice enough to allow us early check-in, which I thought was very sweet of them because we I think we're two hours before check-in officially started. So we get to our room. Uh, we kind of start unpacking some stuff, and we realize that some of the lights don't work. Well, that's hmm. that's a weird thing. So we're flipping some switches. We're checking some things, making sure everything's actually plugged in, and it, that all looks good. Okay. Go up to the front desk. Uh, we don't have lights. Is there a maintenance guy or somebody that can come by and you know check it out, see what's going on? Uh, lady at the front desk, from what I was told, because I was still back in the room, one of the other people I was with went up to the front desk, goes into the back room where their office is, pulls out a box of eight light bulbs, hands it to my friend, and says, here you go. 
excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> was, was this a prior issue that like necessitated this action? Dan, I'm not done. This story gets better. Oh, yeah. We go back to the room. We take care of the light bulb situation and got most of them to work. Uh, we then found out that the phone didn't work, not that we planned on using it, but if we did, it didn't work. And one of the light banks did not work at all. So we were running one light low without a phone as well. Um, we'd requested a rollaway bed or something because we had three people in a two-bedroom hotel room. So we went up to the front desk, and they said, oh, we don't have any of those. And I'm, all right, you know, that I, I get that. I know that not every hotel has them or they could be in use or whatever the case is. I, I fully understand that part. To which case we ask then, well, can we at least get some like extra pillows and blankets so, you know, so somebody can sleep in the chair, sleep on the floor. And Dan, I'm going to tell you this. It's like nine o'clock at night at a day's in in Schaumburg, Illinois. And the lady goes, oh, well, our cleaning and laundry people are gone for the day, so we can't get you anything until tomorrow at the earliest. Wait, so you don't have a key (laughs) like as a hotel manager or whatever you want to say. You don't have a key that would allow you to go into the room that I assume has extra linens laying around so that your cleaning staff doesn't have to show up at like midnight, wash all these clothes and pillowcases and all this other shit when they go out and start cleaning rooms at like 8 o'clock in the morning. So they're, they're apparently in the Days Inn in Schaumburg, Illinois, does not exist a room where they have extra clean linens available or the people at the front desk do not have a key to that or their cleaning and laundry people and all these other things are not on the premise after 9 p.m. <laughs> so we had to strip both of the beds and kind of get makeshift extra covers and pillows for the third person to sleep on the floor. Um, we go back the next morning. Same lady. Apparently she doesn't sleep. Uh, and we said, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, can you make a note that like when they go through, can they leave some like extra pillows and stuff for us? She goes, oh, yeah, I'll do that. All right, we go off to the convention, to the hotel, go off to the convention, come back uh, a little bit earlier that afternoon because we had some other stuff that we were going to do before we went out again. Nothing, absolutely nothing. They made the beds, they gave us new towels, no extra shit. Went back to the front desk and said, hey, uh, can we get like some pillows and blankets? It was a totally different lady at the desk. She said, oh yeah, no problem. Literally walks over to a closet, puts a key in there, opens the turns the key the door fucking opens magically i'm not entirely sure how that works grabs out an extra blanket a sheet and a couple pillows and hands it to us and says here you go what in the world now i'm gonna preface to deal with the laziest hotel quote-unquote manager of all time um and then we were like oh are you gonna charge us like all at once or at the end or what's the deal she said no i charge we charge uh you know per night so we just charge you the cost every night. Okay, cool. Uh, so we go back. My buddy Isaac checks his bank statement, charged all three nights right off the bat. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. I'm going to add the uh, asterisk, the addendum of we literally did purchase the cheapest hotel that we could find that was close to the convention. Yeah, of course. So I will say that, that we paid for what we got. Um, yeah. Now, the aftermath of all that is that uh, my buddy Isaac has reached out twice now. Uh, and has talked with Days Inn staff and all this other kind of stuff, and they said that they would not give us any kind of a refund uh, for our hotel stay. Really? Like, like, you know, I'd be totally fine with, like, 50 bucks, man. 
Like Yeah, like anything. Just give us something. 50 bucks or like, you know, a voucher if we come back next year within a certain amount of time, we, you, you know, we could do that for, for cheaper or whatever. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, if you are a traveling type person and you happen to be driving through Illinois from Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, anywhere basically west of Illinois, and you're thinking that Schaumburg might be a nice place to stay, <laughs> do not stay at the Days Inn of Schaumburg, Illinois. Oh, the Wi-Fi didn't work either, so that was cool. Oh, my God. All right. Is it Liter easier just to list off the things that did work in that hotel room? Continental breakfast and oh, the air what, conditioner. What it? Like, is it continental with, like, quotation marks around it? Uh, continental in the fact that, like, bananas and apples may not have come from the United States. Because I'm thinking, like, I don't know. Like you have to make your own cereal. Maybe they got cows out the back so you can get some milk because apparently they didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, we had to uh, pasteurize our own milk in the morning. We actually had to uh, pick the cocoa beans, roast them, uh, then grind them up and throw them in there. We had to go out to a well uh, a couple miles away to get the water for the coffee <laughs> and you know all the other stuff too. Which, um, of course, tasted like well water. Yeah, no. It, no, that, so... It was a roof over our heads. It was close to the convention center. It served the purpose that it needed to. However, yeah. there were some very sketchy things about this hotel that I would not recommend it for other people. No, it, it sounds like, if anything, I will just go as far away from Schaumburg as possible. Schaumburg in and of itself is a very nice place. There's tons is of different where, things to do. There is were, that where the convention itself was? Yeah, the convention itself was okay. there. Um, and then the event was at the Sears Center, which was like in a city right next to Schaumburg. Like it was all very close. Um, oh, okay. So you probably weren't spending that much time in that hotel as it was, but that's not the point. We used it to sleep. We used it to keep our yeah. clothes out of the car. Like, yeah, I mean, we didn't need much from it. It was just some of the, uh, you know, ancillary parts of the hotel that made us cringe quite a bit. Yeah. Things that you would think are just common sense. Yeah. About that. <laughs> So, Good lordy. That was a fun story. Now now well, all of you are... know our, our hotel story. Well, how was uh, the convention as a whole then? The event itself was great. Like, I had a ton of fun. We met a lot of great people. Um, we had a great time. We're already putting together kind of a list of if they do this again next year, what we're going to bring, how we're going to work it differently, uh, things that we're going to do too. We're, we're going to reformat the show that we do as well. All Things Wrestling Radio. Find us on Spreaker.com. Um <laughs> Not part of the 40 Podcast Network. Uh, so oh. we're talking about a lot of things, too. Uh, we're trying to implement some different things. We're just kind of working on a general idea as well and, and just see where we go from here. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. It was great to get out of the state for a little bit, take a long weekend in a state that I really hadn't been in much before, and just an opportunity to do something that I enjoy a lot, uh, especially at a time when the Minnesota Twins are not necessarily the best baseball team on the planet. So that's what I'm going with. Heresy. No, that's it's completely true. <laughs> yeah. So I but mean, we are, but we are our, our prediction of second place is still holding strong, which is so we pathetic. Are, we are. Let's see, <laughs> six and a half games ahead of Detroit. Yikes! And we are sixteen and a half back of Cleveland. <laughs> Double yikes! Yeah, that all seems about right. Yeah. Although, hey, that was a. Uh, in between Detroit and Chicago as to who gets third place because they're only separated by a game. But Kansas City is almost 10 games behind Chicago for in last. Yeah, it's brutal. So, 
So we were pretty close, at yeah. least so far, with our AL Central predictions. Yeah, about that. Um, I'm getting nervous, though, because we haven't heard anything about a Twins Daily Pub Crawl, so I'm hoping that that's still a thing, unless the team is so bad that nobody gives a shit anymore, in which case I can't blame them, but I really do enjoy a day where I can go out and drink all day and watch some bad baseball as well. So I'm kind of guessing that it kind of got... I, you, do you listen to their podcast much at all? Every now and again, I don't listen as much as I should because I'm a bad supporter. I, I get that. Well, we have our reasons, so I don't listen, but... Yes. That's neither here nor there. Uh, they've started doing a thing like Tuesday Tap Room. I'm starting to wonder if that's kind of taking the place of the pub crawl. I would be sad if that was the case, but I would also kind of understand because I'm sure, like, obviously Bonus is very busy with everything else he does around here. Not false. So if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but that just means you and I have to get to another game before the season ends, and I think we only have a couple weekends left to pick from, so we'll have to look at the schedule there. Uh, but unless Dan has anything else, that's really all that I have prepped for the show this week. Yeah, it's – I don't know how much more depressed I want to get, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, anything else we talk about is just going to make me sadder. <laughs> well, baseball related, but yeah, I don't have anything, period. I mean – All right, cool. Unless uh, we want to talk about work, which no one will understand, but like the 12 people I work with, and I'm sure it's the same for you because your work is – we know has been super fun lately. Yeah, no, I don't want to talk about that. So Black Panther's nope. on Netflix, so you can catch that. I watched it today. Yeah. It's great. Uh, if you haven't Was seen that your it first yet. first time? No, I saw it twice okay. in the theater. It's so good. Nice. It's God, such it's a good so movie. Good. Uh, so Ooh, watch Black I, Panther. Enjoy the wonderful yeah. weather. Uh, I think it's headed into this week. Again, recording on Friday. You're going to listen to it Tuesday. 10-day forecast it's looks good. So that's what we're going with here. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Twins and Losses. Find us individually at PandaPete21 at Dantez Says. I think it's still an active account, but Dan doesn't use it, so do with it what you will. You can also find I, our website I at... Just, yes, what did I you just do? realized the other day that I haven't posted on Instagram either since my wedding, which cool. was three months ago. Yep, Dan's great at social I media. Suck, I just suck at social media. Yeah. I just feel like I, I have tweeted like done the thing where you have the post whether it's twitter or instagram and you get all the way to the end and you're like nobody's gonna give a shit about this and then i just delete it yeah have you seen my twitter account dan obviously i don't care about that <laughs> oh a- actually i do have one slight day brightening thing for you that's okay. video game related okay there i found this out the other day there is an 82 year old woman who posts videos to youtube of herself playing skyrim God bless her. I think I heard about this woman before. I think it's going around again. Uh, yeah. But there was like some older woman who had played video games because she wanted to play with her grandchildren. So I thought that that was super sweet. But then it also yeah. turned into her becoming like this avid gamer. So I absolutely love it. Yeah, she starts every video with hello grandchildren. I watched a couple today while I was at work. So good. Uh, <laughs> they are, she's got 300,000 followers. Like, go yeah. get it, girl. So all right, that's what we got there. Uh, follow us uh, website, twinsandlosses.com. We might actually post something there in the near future. Who fucking knows at this point? Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash twinsandlosses. We are part of the 4D Podcast Network, broadcasting from New Thompson Home Studio South in Albert Lee, Minnesota. Your on-air talent today has been myself, Panda Pete, and Dantes McCarthes. We should be back in another two weeks, barring any other life events that come up and other various things that happen. 
Uh, and I think we're probably going to try to think of something fun to do because by that point, I'm probably not going to want to talk about the Twins until we do our season recap uh, in the beginning of August. So that's what we've got for you coming up. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you, and we'll hopefully talk to you again in two weeks. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.